Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. It is a Tuesday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Of course, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM locally. Um, day two of the legal tampering uh, window where uh, teams, NFL teams, are allowed to enter into contract negotiations and, let's face it, come to terms, uh, not necessarily announce the signings, but word gets out uh, anyway. So a lot of movement, obviously, going on in and around the NFL. And while the Raiders have been very deliberate thus far in the window period. It doesn't mean things aren't happening. You guys are freaking out, man. Like, you're, it almost sounds like you think there's a game on Sunday. There isn't a game on Sunday. And let's just remind everybody, Casey Hayward was signed in, what, May last year? Things take a while to develop. Just because you see some teams get out there, out in front, uh, and make big, splashy, um, you know, moves, and, you know, good for them. They had the money under the salary cap, uh, but – uh, and, and they made moves. They almost had to make moves. You have to spend that money. And the Chargers obviously made some big moves. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have made some big moves. The Denver Broncos have, have made some moves. And it's fine. The Raiders going into tomorrow when the new league open, new league year opens have $32 million under the salary cap. They're in on some players uh, at need positions, and that includes Stephon Gilmore, um, the cornerback from the Carolina Panthers, previously the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills, former Defensive Player of the Year in 2019. Uh, they're in, And things are starting to fall correctly for them. That doesn't mean there's a guarantee that Stephon Gilmore is coming to the Raiders, uh, but hold tight on that one. Uh, that could happen. Uh, there's a lot of ties, obviously, with Stephon Gilmore and the and the Patriots, the the or excuse me, the new Raiders football leadership, Josh McDaniels, Dave Ziegler, who came over from New England, so they know him well. He knows them well. Uh, it's a system that he understands defensively uh, and excels at. This is a guy who um, last year played eight games after coming off an injury, missing all of training camp, all of OTAs last year, still came, still played at a level that put him right in the top 14 uh, cornerbacks in the NFL, had a couple of picks uh, in, in eight games, and hasn't missed a beat. This is a guy that can still play at a high level, uh, so we'll keep our eye on that. I think we've talked about this, obviously. The Raiders definitely need help along the offensive line and at wide receiver. Uh, there's still viable good players uh, out there. I think that the assumption is all the good players are gone. That's not even close to being the case. Uh, there's a lot of talent still left in free agency. I think the Raiders are being prudent as they build their team, and rightfully so. It's going to be a different pace to things here uh, with the Raiders, with Dave Ziegler as a general manager, Champ Kelly uh, as his assistant, obviously Josh McDaniels and the new coaching staff. Um, but don't mistake prudence and deliberance for, um, you know, not getting work in or, or, or not doing uh, a good job. You just look at the New England Patriots over the years, and, and we have to look at the Patriots because that kind of gives us a window into some of the thinking uh, of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. That's where they spent uh, the majority of their NFL careers operating in that system. And it's a system that is proven. It's a system that works. We're just, I was just on Twitter uh, kind of explaining, I know Q did this as well, uh, did a great job of explaining 
oh, hey, why don't the Raiders get any, you know, uh, draft compensation picks uh, this year? Uh, the, the NFL came out today and announced the teams that got comp draft picks uh, that will get added draft picks uh, in the draft coming up in April. The Raiders didn't have any draft picks. They don't have. They weren't awarded any comp draft picks. Why is that? Well, there's a mathematical calculation that goes into the comp pick system. It is all predicated on how many free agents leave your team and how many free agents you sign. And the Raiders are just on the wrong side of that equation right now. They signed more players than they lost. And that is a look at who is getting a bunch. The Rams, again, are getting a whole bunch of draft picks. Uh, I think they got five comp picks uh, uh, this year. It's it's pretty standard procedure for them. I know what their system is because I covered that team uh, for four years, and you guys might get sick of hearing me talk about it, but I'll tell you what, the way the Rams do things, the way the Patriots do things are very similar in how they approach draft and development and getting on the right side of the comp pick game. There were people in the Rams building who literally told me it's a game that they play and they, uh, they, they play it purposely. You can't keep all of uh, your, your players that you draft and develop or sometimes even shrewd moves that you make to trade in for guys uh, or, or acquire guys, you know, um, uh, th- whether it's through trade or uh, signing them to a one-year deal, whatever the case might be. You can't keep everybody. But th- the goal is to have so many good players that you, you literally can't keep everybody. And then let the good players that you can't keep under the salary cap, walk, get draft pick compensation for them, but then have somebody in-house that you've also drafted and developed ready to take their place. How many times have I talked about that in regards to the Rams? I saw it up close and personal, and if you're tired of hearing me talk about it, uh, I have to talk about it because, honestly, that's where the Raiders need to get. That's where the Raiders, I believe, are pointing to with this staff. I They totally understand uh, that mechanism and that tool. You draft, you develop, you graduate. You draft, you develop, you graduate. You draft, you develop, you graduate. And it all plays into itself. That doesn't mean you let everybody walk out the door. But if you're drafting and developing a whole bunch of good players, and I'm talking round one to round seven, adding picks, trading down to get more picks, using those comp picks to uh, add to your arsenal. If you continue to do that, it becomes like a conveyor belt. You always have the means to replenish the losses, and you always have enough good players to field the team. And then that's when you can selectively go out and bring in free agents here or there or make a big trade, as the Rams have. The Patriots have done that as well to bring in star players like a Jalen Ramsey, uh, like a Matthew Stafford, because they, they have their foundation set through draft and development, and they have, you know, at any given time now, what, four or five really high-paid players that are kind of the foundation along with the foundation built on youth. If you want to look for a blueprint, you look at the Patriots, you look at the Rams. The 49ers got a whole bunch of draft pick uh, compensation this year. Um, so that's, that's how you have to be able to do it because, again, you can't keep everybody, unfortunately. And, but, to, but what the goal and objective is is to be one of those teams that's just continually churning out good players, some that you keep, some that you leave, let, let leave and, and collect the, the uh, comp picks for, 
but always have somebody right behind them that are ready to either take their place at an equal level or maybe even sometimes a better level. It's draft and development. And when you talk to Dave Ziegler, you talk to Josh McDaniels, that is the foundation of what they're trying to build uh, here with the Raiders. Out to the Raider Nation little uh, uh, listener line, Lil Dicky is on the line. Uh, I hate saying that word, but I, but I just did. Uh, we'll let you have it, Lil. I'm just going to go, Lil, how you doing, brother? Oh, my first name is Richard. Okay, I, you know, I, I figured that out. <laughs> I, I do know that, but it's still, you know, you, somebody just tunes in listening on the radio, and you never know what they might think. So, uh, little Richard, oh. what you got, my brother? Well, I tried to differentiate from the singer. I hear you, man. Hey, look at me. I'm Vinny. I'm I'm Vinny Terranova. Uh, I I have I'm, I'm my cousin Vinny. So I get you. I total. I'm I'm with you on that, brother. Appreciate you. Hey, um, quick question. Uh, you're just talking about our favorite subject on Raider Nation Radio is when you talk about the Rams. We love it. We really do. <laughs> but I have a question. For I you just use that. them as an example of what the Raiders should. should oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. Uh, what, what, why, how, come, how come you left the Rams? Were you, did you leave the Rams? What happened? Well, first of all, let's distinguish. Uh, I didn't work up. for the Rams. I covered the Rams. I covered the Rams for the Los Angeles Daily News, just as I did before the Rams you know, showed back up, the Lakers, the Dodgers, USC. I was a columnist in Los Angeles covering Los Angeles sports. Uh, the Rams came back, and then I became the beat writer for the Rams for the Los Angeles Daily News. Then I moved over to the, to the Athletic for two years to cover the Rams for the Athletic. And then when the Raiders officially moved here, um, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, which is where I work uh, and cover the, cover the Raiders, made me an offer I couldn't refuse to come out to, uh, to cover the Raiders uh, full-time here with the Review-Journal. And then obviously it led to uh, the job here with uh, Raider Nation Radio and Lotus Broadcasting. So that's kind of how it turned out. But just to make sure everybody understands, I don't work for any team. I work for the Review-Journal uh, and Raider Nation Radio, which is Lotus Broadcasting. Okay, cool. Because I think a lot of people are confused, you know, especially by how you would come on local radio in L.A. and you would really – you'd really – Lather up those Rams, Vinny. I, I really feel like was you, I, I wrong? You, was I wrong? I don't. A lot of lather. You really lather. I know up. they ever ever since they showed. I, I mean, I, here's the thing, and I tell this to to Raider fans too because I get accused of that sometimes here. The Ra- the Raiders just made the playoffs. I've been covering the Raiders for two full years. They're one for one in the playoffs. They hadn't been to the playoffs since 2001, and I'm just saying that. Hey, when I report what I'm seeing on the positive side. I'll, I'll report on the negative side as well. There's been a lot of that as well. But, I, you know, hey, the, the, the Raiders made the playoffs last year. What I saw in training camp, and I kept saying this, this looks like a playoff team to me, I saw it correctly. And if you wanted to say I was lathering up the Rams, well, geez, they've been to five playoffs, two Super Bowls. What, what else do you want me to do? You want me to make up bad things about them just because, you know, uh, people don't like to hear good things about teams they root against? Think about it for a second. No, I get it. And I just want to – you know, just follow up with one more question. It's like, um, does your viewpoint, though, like does your what you say publicly on, on record, does that affect your access to the team? I mean, I, again, I know you don't say you don't work for the Raiders or you didn't work for the Rams, but if you were very critical, could that somehow affect your access to the team? No, and, and here's how I always explain that. That's really actually a very good question. You know, the first year that the Rams were in Los Angeles, they stunk. They sucked. They were terrible. Everybody in Los Angeles was like, we waited 21 years for this garbage. Send it back to St. Louis. And guess what? From about week five on, 
I probably wrote a column every week talking about how Jeff Fisher needed to be fired. It wasn't working. It was obvious. Uh, he didn't have. He just. He he was. He he wasn't a good coach. All right. And so, so many times, you know, I'd write that 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 column, you know, and then I would have to see people in the Rams organization, players, coaches, and the, and and they understood if you do it professionally and if you do it responsibly and you call it like you see it. They ha- they understand it. They they know that criticism comes with this with this uh, profession. All right, it's the people that are gratuitous with it. It's the people that um, just do it for clicks or just do it all the time uh, that you can't take seriously sometimes. So you have to be honest in what you're reporting. And if you see something that's bad, you have to report that. And the good ones understand that. And I've had conversations with pretty much anyone that you can think of that's, a, you know, been a major sports star, especially in Los Angeles, uh, for, you know, the last however many, let's just say 20 years, about that very subject. And the good ones, including the guys like Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, I could go on and on and on. They understand, hey, when I'm bad, write it. When I'm good, write it. I get it. I understand it. And, and you, you, that's your job. Just don't make stuff up. Just don't take things out of uh, context. Just don't put words in my mouth. Just don't be gratuitous with the, um, you know, with, with the criticism and, and kind of make stuff up and exaggerate things. So I'll never do that because that is a quick way to lose access. And, yes, access is an extremely important part of the job. But I'll tell you this. Whatever I've written throughout my career – and sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's, it's bad and very critical. I have the you-know-whats to go into that locker room the very next day or that day and look whoever I've criticized, whoever I've had to praise, whatever the case might be, look them in the eye. And that's where I differentiate myself and a lot of other pros like you know Vic Tafer and Tashawn Reed, guys like that that are there every single day. And uh, uh, compared to people that blog from their living room or their basement or their whatever, that never show up and show their face. And, you know, whatever they write, it doesn't matter to them. They don't have to face whoever, you know, especially sometimes when they exaggerate or overdo it or go out of their way for clicks and write the negative stuff just for clicks and gratuitously do that, but never show up to the locker room. Hmm. Never see him in the in the uh, in the press box. Hmm. So it was a great question. I really appreciate it. Um, and and yeah, if you if you overdo it, and if you um, you know make stuff up or be or be irresponsible, or this is a pet peeve of my mine. Take something that somebody says out of context. You have to be responsible as a reporter when you're hearing somebody give you a quote. There's ways that they're talking. There's meaning behind those words. There's uh, disposition. There's um, perspective. There's nuance. And if you take it out of context, you can make anything look terrible. And that's the worst thing of all. Uh, because that's a, And that's a quick way to get yourself right out of this business. If you can't tell how somebody's saying what they're saying and how they're saying it and the meaning behind what they're saying. If you can't do that, this business ain't for you. Out to the Raider Nation listener line, we've got uh, Joe in Houston. How you doing, Joe? What's going on, Vic? I, and I'm, a, I'm an L.A. transplant. I've been reading your column for a long time, so I know exactly what you're talking about. But uh, I, you know what? What you were saying in reference to the Raiders getting to where they are mm-hmm. in terms of uh, being able to take these comp picks and other stuff, you know what? Uh, we 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 kind of like screwed the pooch on on our chances of having that when we had all these bad drafts with uh, Reggie McKenzie 
and, and all these bad drafts that come behind that with, with, with the other regime that came in with Mike Mayock and them where we were, weren't hitting on picks. And, and the, the thing I'm, I'm talking about this with my friends on the chat line right now, is just a, you know, just a thread. And everybody's like going crazy because we're not signing anybody. And I, and I, I'm, I don't need to, like I said, I don't need all these uh, shiny pieces like J.C. Jackson. He's going to pick and choose where he wanted to go. Hey, the connection that he has with, uh, with uh, Darwin James being high school teammates, you can't, you can't mess with that. You know, so that's that kind of thing you can't touch on. But, you know, the fact is, is this. This team is, is it needs a lot of holes, a lot of holes. And um, the cap situation with having to sign Max to an extension because he was a lower-ground draft pick, and we haven't assigned uh, um, um, Winfro to the same kind of contract and our quarterback situation the way it is, and then the rumors of what, whatever going on with Waller and his contract situation because now he's with Clutch Sports and everything. And they feeling that he's under, well underpaid, which he is. Um, the fact is, is this: if, if the way you've seen the AFC West go, because every team in the AFC West has gotten better. I, I'm sorry, it's just facts. The Chargers have gotten yes, better. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. The, the, the Broncos have gotten better. KC got better. Got they fixed their offensive line in one draft. In one year time, they fixed their old line in one draft. Agreed. In one trade. So going with the Raiders situation. We've got an older quarterback, an older tight end, some young players here and some young players there, and a new regime. I'm going to tell you something, honestly. They should be looking to trade Wallet. They should be looking to trade Derek Ooh, Carr. No, 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 no. The kind of holes that we have, we don't have the draft capital we had in the Khalil Mack situation and hitting on those young players to fill those holes immediately. And we don't have that owner that got that deep pocket that can go out there and make $40 million stretch out to $150 million. We don't have that. As we sit here today, as we sit here today, going into the new league year, which starts tomorrow, the Raiders are sixth in cap space. They're they're okay. They're in a good position right now uh, to to uh, to to take advantage of where this market is now after the flurry uh, of the first two days. You know, you you guys mentioned the the Chargers, and I get it, and the the Derwin James connection, and I get it. The fact is, also the the Chargers were in a good spot financially. They had seventy million dollars coming into. Uh, Monday, and so he went where the money was, and good for him. And that's a great signing for the rate for the Chargers. Uh, it definitely helps them right now. But here's here's the thing, and we're gonna get we got a bunch of callers that we're gonna get to. I don't see that they have major major holes. I think they have some specific holes that they need to fill, just like every other team. But um, when you have your left tackle, when you have your quarterback, you have a stud uh, tight end in Darren Waller. You've got a great young wide receiver in in Hunter Renfro. Uh, You've got a, a, a great rookie uh, safety, um, you know, in, in, in Trayvon Morig, Nate Hobbs, Trayvon Mullen, I think, when healthy, is a really good player. Um, there's – you have – I think, hey, obviously, Alex Leatherwood needs to take a step forward. But I, I think there's pieces there. I think there's a foundation uh, that's there that's ready to be built on. I don't believe that or, or think for a second that anybody in Henderson is thinking along the lines of trade everybody and start all over. That's not where the Raiders are. And, again, it's it's the middle of March – 
The new league year starts tomorrow. The Raiders are sixth right now in cap space. There's plenty of good players available. They've got a full allotment of draft picks, which if you look at the New England Patriots and the Rams and people like that that have been doing it well now uh, for the the last X amount of years, they're not afraid to draft and play also, you know, and I don't care what round it's in. And the Raiders have shown that with Max Crosby, with Hunter Renfro, with Nate Hobbs. There's talent in the draft. You just have to hit on the draft picks, and you can come up with instant starters right now. So the holes that the Raiders have are pretty obvious, but there's players out there to fill those holes, whether you're talking about free agency or the draft, and it's not a rebuild. Uh, I reject that notion um, absolutely 1,000%. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Big Jose in San Jose. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing well, Vinny. You okay with saying Big Jose? Is that all right? That's okay, man. Jose. That's okay. Big Jose. Big Joseph. You know, you know, you, you know how I got that name is I grew up on the east side of San Jose and we used to pick teams at recess. There's a bunch of Jose's in, in you know, on the <laughs> east side, right? But I happen to be at present. I'm I'm six two, two forty five ish, right? But back then I was even bigger, so like <laughs> Which Jose you want? They said, oh, the big one, big Jose. Can I, they're all smaller, right? Can I sneak in a quick story on that? All right. Yeah, go ahead. My name is Vinny, right? Obviously, I'm Vinny. All right. So when I grew up in I grew up in Southern California, and I'd have to go miles and miles and miles to find another Vinny. All right. I was I was born in New York. I'm Italian from New York. Um, there weren't that many Vinnies in Southern California when I was growing up, right? Uh, and still isn't really. So, but when I would go home to New York, where all my cousins were, you know, I'd get to, I'd get out there, you know, hey, who are we going out with? Big Vinny, Little Vinny, Chenzo, Vincenzo, like everywhere you looked in New York. There, so I, I totally get it, uh, Jose, where you were. Uh, that's how, that's how it was. When I go back home to New York, that's how it is for for the name Vinny. So I totally get you, brother. Yeah, big Jose. So that's me. I've been rocking that since back then. But I was going to mention that you know that um, with the Denver and, and the big splash. I mean, at what at what cost? I mean, they mortgage their future and and they have a new regime and a new scheme and everything. So I don't, you know, I'm not too terribly terrified about that move. And I personally think that the Chargers went out and got uh, with the moves that they made because you know as a response to not being able to stop the Raiders in that last game of the season that eliminated them from the playoffs. And that was as previously constructed, and I feel really good about where we're going in because if you take a look at where we're at, you know, other than, you know, an abomination of a game against Chicago and a poorly planned and poorly executed offensive scheme against the Giants, we're a 12-win team. And who breaks down a 12-win team, let alone a 10-win number five seed? I think we're going to be fine. I'm just wondering that if in, uh, with Patrick Graham and in, in, in the way the defense, people are talking about the – the offensive side of the ball and the, and the and the DBs. But what about the middle of the field? We're playing in a division that's going to run a lot of tight end and you know two end sets. And do we have room in our on our defense for like a you know Vanderish or Dante Hightower or Miles Jack or somebody like that? I think that's what we really need. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, you know, and and I'm I'm curious about Divine Diablo. I think he I think he showed um, that he's somebody that. To keep an eye on, uh, you know, he's got to obviously continue to to stay on the right path. But I think as a uh, a run and hunt uh, linebacker in the run game and somebody that can cover in the pass game. Remember, he was a former safety uh, at, uh, at at Virginia Tech. I think he's somebody that the Raiders can 
kind of confidently say I, we, we might have something uh, with that guy if you're if you're the Raiders. Um, you know, Denzel Perryman obviously is still on the roster. I know he's not the the, the best uh, pass uh, defender um, in, in coverage. Uh, he's probably a guy that's going to come off the field in known passing situations next year if he's you know even on the roster. I think there is room to go improve at linebacker, especially somebody that can either defend the pass uh, or or can defend the pass along with the run. So I think that help is needed at linebacker, and we all know offensive tackle. Offensive line, wide receiver, uh, the interior of the defensive line, they have to replace some guys that may not be on the roster. They sign one-year deals. We've mentioned them uh, over and over again. Uh, so, you know, um, those areas and, and cornerback, and that's why they're in the in the, in the the uh, Steph- Stephon Gilmore world right now, kind of waiting on word on what direction Stephon's going to go in, but he's somebody that would fill an immediate uh, need. But there's youth, there's foundation, there are holes, but there's the means to fill those holes uh, without question. Uh, thanks for the call, Big, Big Jose. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Rick is on the line. How you doing, Rick? Hey, Benny, how you doing today? Doing good, brother. Good. Hey, so I don't, I don't have a problem with us sitting tight so far. Um, we don't know what's going behind the scenes. Right. And you've got McDaniels coming in. The, the kid's got six rings. You can say, well, Belichick, but he got three rings, left, came back, got three more rings. So I, I feel like the dude's got uh, – He's got the smarts to get it done. Ziegler, the same thing. One thing that I don't like hearing about is the Patriot way. This is Raider Nation, not not the, the freaking Patriots. Well, uh, you know what's, it's, what's interesting about you, you saying that? Um, and I have to go back to the Rams because the Rams were terrible. Terrible. They were a bad organization, a bad team. They weren't doing it right. Um, and they were losing year after year after year after year. You think about after the greatest show on turf, that little kind of blip on the on the screen. They were bad from that point forward up until when they got to Los Angeles. But they tweaked some of how they did things, um, you know, once they became the Los Angeles Rams. And now there's a Rams way. Prior to that, you wouldn't – nobody would want to do anything the, the Rams way. So um, – uh, but it was kind of a page out of how other good teams were doing it. And I think – you know, in time, two, three years down the road, if the Raiders can um, really seize this moment and forge a, a, a positive path forward, who knows? Maybe you can start talking about it the Raiders' way in a confident way, and I think that that is available to them. It might be taking a page out of that team or that team or just the philosophy of Dave Ziegler and 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 you know Josh McDaniels. But if you if you play your cards right, which there's no reason to think that this new regime won't, then. Three years from now, we may be doing saying exactly what you just said, my friend, the Raiders way. That is available to them. And right now, I think taking a page out of some winning organizations can help you mold your way for it to become something to truly be proud of three years down the line and look back and say, wow, the Raiders way is working. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Now, back to your host, Vinny Bonsignor.
What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Tuesday. We're going to go right out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in my good friend and colleague over at the Las Vegas Review-Journal, Sam Gordon. Um, Sam Gordon, we are two days. First of all, welcome uh, to In the Huddle. We really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us. We're about two days uh, into the legal tampering uh, period. The the Raiders are obviously being um, kind of deliberate right now. And sort of letting the market size up and, you know, maybe fall to them. As we sit here today, Sam, they have uh, the sixth most money to spend now under the salary cap. So they're in a good position to, to fill some needs. Um, what are your thoughts on what might be happening? And what are your thoughts on what has or hasn't happened so far? Yeah, Vinny, first and foremost, appreciate you having me back on the show. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, but... Regarding the Raiders, uh, I don't have any problem with their approach. I, I really don't. It's it's understandable that teams like the Chargers, given uh, their scenario, their situation with Justin Herbert and his rookie contract, are are, are trying to load up. It makes sense that Denver, uh, a team that struggled to find a quarterback for several years now, um, is going out there before free agency starts and, and taking its big swing and going to get a Russell Wilson to try and contend with teams at the top of the division. But the Raiders. Uh, are they were a ten to seven team last year, which means which suggests and, and which obviously there is a foundation in place in terms of the players on the roster. And you got a regime in town now with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels that aren't reactive to, to what everybody else is doing. And I, again, I don't have a problem with that at all. Let the other teams spend their cap space up and go get uh, go get their their free agents that they want. And, and and you know the Raiders are sitting back and understand that. Free agency isn't necessarily where you build your team. It's where you add on the periphery. And, and uh, there are, I think, of course, positions of need. We mentioned cornerback. Stephon Gilmore seems like a, a possibility uh, at this point. Of course, the familiarity with Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels coming over from, from New England and, uh, and, and still uh, at 31 years old, very much uh, still capable of, of putting up prime-level kind of production, uh, even though he's at the tail end of his prime. Uh, he, he would fit, of course, a need. I, I do expect at some point you're going to get some veteran help on the offensive line, whether that's you know spending a little bit more money to, to, to get a surefire starter or trying to find value with somebody maybe you plug in uh, on the periphery once we get a little bit closer to the season. So we'll see. I'm not, I don't think there's any rush right now. There's, there's plenty of teams sitting pat and, and kind of waiting and watching and seeing what happens. And in the, you know, to, that, to that same point, there's plenty – of impactful free agents that are still available and in that positions of need for the Raiders. They don't have to Rome wasn't built in one day. They don't have to build out their entire roster in their first, you know, two days of the legal tamping tampering period. You imagine there's a plan in place that's going to involve the draft as well as as well as well as there is for all the other teams. And this is what the Raiders are choosing to do. I don't I don't have any issue with it and I don't have any issue with the Chargers and Jacksonville and other teams around the NFL being aggressive, teams have different needs. Teams are in different situations, and this is what the Raiders think they should do. Yeah, no question about it. And uh, I'll be curious to see what happens from this point forward. Like we mentioned, uh, they have the sixth most most uh, cap space now, uh, right around thirty two million dollars. It might be fifth, really, uh, after some of the restructures uh, that that happened. Um, if if you were to put a finger on what the first big move they might make uh, will be. What do you think that it will be? Yeah, I mean, it feels it feels like Gilmore is the one, right? And, you, and you've had great intel on that, and as well as you know, just keeping track of what the Raiders are doing in general. But I think there's a clear need for cornerback, especially you know, where, with given where Casey Hayward probably, I mean, it looks like at, at this point going to find a place where he's maybe a better scheme fit. Gilmore only two two and a half years removed 
from being the NFL's Defensive Player of the Year, a multiple-time All-Pro again, still only 31, and fills the position of need. I think if they can bring him in, he would kind of fit the mold of that quote-unquote marquee signing, you know, kind of the kind of the way Unique Ngakwe did last year with what he was able to do, of course, in his first year with the Raiders uh, in 2021. So that feels like kind of the first quote-unquote big move, but uh, I wouldn't be shocked by anything at this point. Maybe it's a number of quote-unquote smaller moves where it's, you know, guys that are you're plugging in and, and hoping to get value from on one- or two-year deals. Uh, maybe somebody else gets released. We, we don't know what's going to happen. Teams are still trying to configure um, their rosters, and that, that looks differently at different times. Uh, of course, you know, some time has passed since some of the major cuts have been taking place, but I think Bobby Wagner's and Darius Smith, uh, big-time players that, that are hitting the market. Who knows? Maybe there's somebody else that, that emerges uh, in that mold as well. But for now, I think kind of Gilmore, given the, the, need, the obvious need for the cornerback, for a cornerback, his, the familiarity with, with the New England aspect uh, of this new staff uh, and kind of the situation where the Raiders, uh, you know, are in a division with some great quarterbacks, um, some excellent quarterbacks that need, need excellent play on the perimeter, that to me would make a lot of sense as kind of the first domino to topple or a domino early on in, in the sequence of events that could topple. We're talking to Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, you can download the app Vegas Nation uh, or, ve- or go to uh, the computer vegasnation.com uh, to follow all of our Raider coverage there at the Las Vegas Review Journal. And Sam, um, you know, there's there's no doubt that the offensive line needs to get fixed. <laughs> I mean, last year uh, it, it just never came together uh, for a variety of different reasons. But you, there's obviously no way that the Raiders can go into uh, next season with that exact line intact, especially uh, as we look around, um, you know, some of the improvements that are being made in this division. It's not the only reason they need to get better. They just need to get better, period. Uh, last year was unacceptable. Um, but when you look at the offensive line and you look specifically to free agency right now, I know the draft is going to yield um, its help, uh, no question about that. But as we look at free agency, what are some of the names that are still out there available uh, that intrigue Sam Gordon? Yeah, um, good question, Vinny. I think when you talk about offensive line, right, I, I think from the Raiders' perspective, uh, it would make sense to add a veteran. You, you have enough young offensive linemen, right? We saw how that worked out last season, and that's not to say that you don't expect internal improvement or, or player development from guys like Alex Leatherwood and John Simpson or that you would certainly hope for that. But I think you need kind of a surefire um, commodity specifically at that tackle spot. Maybe it's a Teron Armstead, you know, play left tackle for New Orleans. Maybe it's a Dwayne Brown, uh, left tackle for Seattle, 36 now. But, again, tackles – can age gracefully. That doesn't mean that it's far from a guarantee, but we've seen tackles most recently, Andrew Whitworth, play into late into their 30s or early 40s and still being effective depending on different circumstances and situations. Eric Fisher, of course, we, we know his pedigree, Riley Reef. Um, there, there's veteran options. There's veteran options out there that I think at, at some point are going to be relatively affordable too. Morgan Moses uh, is another name. Again, it's not necessarily sexy per se, but you're not looking for sexy at this point, right? We, they tried sexy with Trent Brown. That didn't work out. I know it's a new regime, but you're looking for a surefire, somebody that can at least give you dependable play on that right side. You don't need a first-team all-pro or anything like that. You just need stability. So I think when it comes to that tackle route, the, the veteran uh, kind of mold is the way to go. And then if you want to go, you know, add depth or swing on another starter, you can go the draft as well. But, but that, those, those are names that jump out to me, Vinny, in that right tackle spot. Uh, of course, feels like one that that's definitely worth kicking around. So if there's a veteran tackle that can move from right to, left to right or even kind of more of a natural right tackle, 
that would be a great a great starting point when, when you talk about reconstructing and reconfiguring what you have on the offensive line. Are you worried right now about the interior of the defensive line? Uh, they signed a bunch of guys to one-year deals uh, last year. Jonathan Hankins, Quentin Jefferson, Darius Phylon. Um, uh, um, I'm missing one name. I think Quentin Jefferson. Uh, but yep. all those guys were on one-year deals. There's no guarantee that uh, that any of them uh, are, are going to come back. Solomon Thomas was the one I was missing. Um, they obviously they have to fill. If those guys, you know, are not going to be brought back, they're going to have to bring uh, new players in to replace them. Are you are you a little bit concerned that they left themselves a little bit vulnerable uh, in terms of the interior of the defensive line? Yeah, I think so. I think, Vinny, when you when you harken back to the end of last season, that was the, the defensive line play in general was a strength, and of course that's keyed by who you had on the perimeter, Max Crosby and Unique Nagakwe. But that defensive line, the depth, that rotation with with those guys, Darius Fylon, Quinn Jefferson, Jonathan Hankins, Solomon Thomas, that that allowed guys to stay fresh, and that that allowed their run defense to kind of shore up um, a little bit towards the end of the year too. They they really kind of figured out some schematic things across the front. So, yeah, I think that you'd love to retain, you know, one or two of those guys. I think it's probably unrealistic to, to retain all of them, given the, given the fact that some of them, you know, played their way into, into pay raises. I, I think, or I would surmise, based on the impact um, that that group has. So, so good for them. And if, if that matches, you know, what the Raiders want to do, uh, then, then maybe there's a natural fit there. But one way or the other, I think you are going to have to address defensive tackle. And, and there are, you know, there are names out there. Uh, right, maybe not necessarily. Again, the sexiest names aren't going to hit free agency, but those are four impact players. Linval Joseph is a veteran who's been around a long time. Nagab becomes Sue, uh, a guy that we kicked around on our podcast. First and ten, uh, Vegas Nation. First and ten, VegasNation.com. The app, like and subscribe. Uh, and then Sheldon, Ripper, Sheldon Richardson, another another guy who's up there in Minnesota, veteran, been there, done that. Still, I think has some football left in him. So yeah, I think they're going to have to 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 canvas the market and get creative. But it's definitely um, an area I think for concern, and you're not always going to be able to retain everything. But that's the nature of the NFL. It's a, it's a year to year league. I think more so any than any other league, uh, based on how, how this you know based on being a hard cap league and the way some of the contracts are structured. So you do the best you can, right? Like the Raiders to create a strong foundation. They've done that to a degree. They did that to a degree last season, and now you got to again add on the periphery. I think you're going to have to get creative a little bit at D-tackle, but it's definitely an important area or position that they need to address uh, given how well that group played towards the end of the year last year. Sam Gordon, uh, you know, obviously the, the Chargers came into free agency with <laughs> $70 million to spend under the salary cap. So, um, you know, and, and not only are they trying to keep up in the AFC or try to get to the playoffs in the AFC, but, you know, they've got a uh, Super Bowl champion playing in the same building uh, that they play in over at SoFi Stadium. Uh, and, and they're trying to create a fan base uh, in L.A. I don't know if it will ever truly happen for them there. Uh, and certainly Raider Nation has a lot to say about that in that uh, part of uh, California uh, and just California in general. Uh, but what do you make of what the Chargers have done and how worried should the Raiders be? Well, I, I respect it, Vinny. I really do. I think you take a look at the, 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 their at their front office, and after Brandon Staley kind of got his plan into place and assessed with what we had, clearly you have an elite quarterback in Justin Herbert, a guy that is a you know looks like a uh, a potential face of face of the NFL type with with the way he plays and and how productive he's been. And, and the, the the key is he's on a rookie contract, and we know how valuable those have become quarterback rookie contracts in the last few years with seeing how prepared and how excellent some of these young quarterbacks 
are in the NFL. They've been better than ever. The, you know, the young ones are coming in more prepared than ever, which is great to see. It's great for the game. And, uh, and as a result, you got some money to play with. So it makes a ton of sense. And, and that's a team that even last year, with last year's roster, when you had some vulnerabilities with your, your run defense and, of course, the offensive line a little better than it was the year before, but that right side was a disaster. Uh, it, it makes sense with the quarterbacks in the division that you're swinging big defensively. Uh, Khalil Mack, now you, have, you pair him with Joey Bosa. You have one of the most dynamic pass-rushing duos in the NFL. J.C. Jackson was as good of a corner as there was in the league last year, and you would expect him to continue and carry over that level of play given his, his relative youth. Uh, and then I like I like to move to go get the defensive tackle uh, from, from the Rams, Sebastian Joseph, a guy that's been there and done that uh, and knows a thing or two about shutting down the run, which we know that was a big weakness. So uh, they, they don't want to have to put Justin Herbert in a position to have to score 35 to 40 points to win a game and, and to have to win these shootouts and make these miracle throws. The, the, the thinking seems to be you give him a balanced defense and one that's capable of creating turnovers. That's what you go get a great pass rush for. Uh, that, that, that this could elevate them in the Super Bowl contention. And on paper, it certainly seems that would be the case. But they, they don't play the games on paper. We have to see how everything uh, shakes out. But respect to the aggressive approach, that's, that's, what, that's what the Rams did uh, when they saw an opportunity. And it's what the Chargers are doing now with, a, with an elite quarterback that's 23, 24 years old, uh, great receivers locked into to, to, to long-term deals and, and a secure offense. Upgrade that line spot now, and you have the makings of a real contender. All right, we got 30 seconds, Sam Gordon. Yeah. By Friday, do you think Raider Nation is going to be um, easing the anxiety a little bit? Yes. Th- yes, I do, one way or the other. I definitely do. I, I, I can't imagine the Raiders are going to stand pat for the entire week. Maybe it's a big move, Vinny, like a Gilmore, but, or maybe it's a couple smaller ones. But either way, I think they're going to add some depth, find a starter or two, and begin to build this thing out in Ziggler and McDaniel's image. I, I think a week is an awfully long time, and I would expect some kind of deal, at least one or two, to be done by then to, to bolster uh, bolster what the Raiders were doing last year. Absolutely, 1,000%. We're on the same page there, Sam Gordon. Thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. You know I truly appreciate it. Uh, get ready to get busy because I think it's going to be a busy couple of days coming up. I just have this inkling uh, that it will be. So, uh, Sam, uh, thanks for uh, for joining us. Keep doing the great work that you're doing uh, over at the Review Journal, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon, my friend. Hey, appreciate it, Vinny. You do the same. Doing a great job with free agency stuff, and we're looking forward to the rest of the week. Talk soon. Appreciate that. That was Sam Gordon from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Well, Dave and Josh and Champ, those guys, they handle all the personnel stuff. Here's why we're talking. I think I can't see your name, but I think you said Josh, correct? Yeah, Josh. The thing I want, I want good players. <laughs> you give me good players, I'm good. Whether I work with them before or not, I mean, I trust our coaches. I trust my ability to coach and teach. I mean, give us good players. We'll be we'll be good to go, and you know, we'll, we'll do our best. So. The guys that are here, the guys that are going to be here, that I'll take those guys. I don't need a, a requirement of guys from the past. I don't need. We don't need any of that. We just want good football players who buy into the team concept and the, the concept that Josh is uh, putting forward there in terms of how he wants this team to look. That's Raiders defensive coordinator Patrick Graham. Uh, I think responding to a question from Josh Dubow. 
from the Associated Press up in the Bay Area. Love watching Josh Dubell uh, on Twitter and just get everybody riled up. Um, it's just pretty funny to watch. By the way, Embajador Tequila, our great sponsor. If you are local here in Las Vegas uh, and you want to pick up your uh, Embajador Tequila, and I highly suggest that you do, XO Liquor, Liquor World, Lee's Liquor. Uh, if you're out on the Strip, Liquor Outlet, Bonanza Liquor, Five Star Liquor, uh, and then also uh, El Dorado. So uh, those are the places, um, you know, stores that you can go walk in uh, and get your uh, Embajador tequila. It is really, really good. Uh, I, I joke about this all the time, but uh, when we have our uh, rallies over at uh, the Rockstar Bar and Grill, you got to see my guy, Demond, man. He... Uh, I think he's fallen in love with Embajador, Devon. Uh, am I right? Uh, it's it's good stuff, right? Oh, they've got a great product. They do. You know, and can't put a, if I had more thumbs, I'd put more than two up. <laughs> Ten thumbs for Demon Cotton. Um, but, but you know, listening to to Patrick Graham talk about, hey, you know, Josh and 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 Dave and Champ and those guys, um, you know, they'll get him the players that he needs uh, for this system uh, to to excel. And you know, I, I keep kind of advising and urging. I know you see the Chargers and Denver Broncos uh, making uh, making moves, but it's 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 a little outlandish um, seeing some of the reaction on, on Twitter. Guys, you've been through this plenty of times. And I and and I know that um you know uh, th- there's been some tough times with the Raiders, but you know you can't be living in, in the past past uh, when it comes to that because this team is coming off a 10-win season. They were in the playoffs last year. They're not that far off, and they have some specific needs, which there's talent out there through the draft and free agency to fill those needs right now, even as we speak. So nothing has been lost, surrendered. No game has been been lost. I don't care about uh, where people are putting them in the whole spectrum of things. It's just opinion. You still have to go play the games. And there's plenty of time to fill out this roster in a good, prudent way that makes sense and shores up some of the areas of needs. And 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 just seeing some of the reaction, you guys have been around long enough to know that championships are not won or lost in the first 48 hours of free agency uh, or the legal tampering period, nothing is ever won or lost uh, in, 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 in that time frame. It just isn't. This is going to take a while for this team to come together uh, to be built. And when it's all said and done, come September or whatever, whenever that first game is played, then you size things up. Everything else is just opinion. I'm just I'm, – I'm, I'm being honest. It's just – opinion and it's great that you know everyone has their voice there's social media there's television there's radio which i'm speaking on right now there's newspapers there's websites uh which i write for and others do as well uh you know when 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 you sit here and assess things right now um it's easy to just get lost in the moment and say oh the raiders lost all this but there's plenty of time to make up whatever ground uh, they lost in the first 48 hours because they still are sitting there with the fifth most money to spend under the cap uh, and have their eye on uh, very, some very specific targets uh, that, that, they're, that they're working with and working on. There's plenty of time to make up whatever quote-unquote ground was lost uh, with the Chargers making their moves and, and, the, and the Broncos making their moves. And I still contend... 
it still all comes down to the field. It comes down to coaching. It comes down to execution. It comes down to who uh, doesn't or does turn the ball over, or who commits the most mistakes or the most penalties. Uh, what If you're a Raider fan, you want to see, obviously, the best version of the Raiders possible, and I know that Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are all about doing that right now, but also a team that's going to play smart, tough, football that's not going to beat themselves that's going to love the game and all of those things are what translates chemistry who you bring in the building all of those things go into winning and losing uh, on on Sundays so so just I know this is this is Irks uh, Demon uh, the the phrase let it play out but you have to let it play out what are you going to do give up right now there's no game on Sunday there's not a game for many many Sundays to come plenty of time to get this thing straightened out and the roster where it needs to be to go out and compete uh, and defend that playoff spot that they earned last year and maybe even build on that. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Robert is in Portland. How you doing, Robert? Yeah, hey, Vinny. You know, I've been following you since the Rams were getting out of St. Louis and you updated us at Daily on the whole process. I think you should have won a prize for that. Thank you. Coverage before the Rams came. Lost all my hair. I know, but you did a phenomenal job. You, you were the one guy on the inside. Uh, I mean, your counterpart at times, you, you were always out doing them. Uh, you, you dug up stuff that nobody did, especially when the vote went the wrong way for uh, <laughs> both uh, Spanos and, uh, you know, MD. But, hey, I have a question for you. Go you, for it. You mentioned, you mentioned that you'd been with The Athletic, and you know what's going on with The Athletic now. I, I, we all know, you know since the times bought them. What's your opinion of all the talent now that uh, – you guys, it's incredible what's going on with all of the, you know, not just analysts, but now it's spreading down to uh, content and where, where guys are going to go. And uh, I always worry about you maybe, you know, getting plucked by uh, one of these big boys. Well, um, yeah, and, and, and here's the thing, you know, uh, I, I have all the respect in the world for everybody over at The Athletic. I really loved my time uh, working for them uh, as well. It just so happens, you know, that uh, the Las Vegas Review-Journal made a great offer. Uh, it was a, at the right time of my life uh, moving here to Las Vegas to cover an iconic franchise, too. Um, but I but I hope for the best, and I know they were bought by the New York Times. I'm hoping that the New York Times does right by them because there's some phenomenal talent uh, over at The Athletic. And I can say that about Tashawn Reed, who covers the Raiders, a colleague but also a friend um, or a competitor but also a friend, Vic Tafer, uh, a competitor but also a friend. Uh, we're all kind of in this together uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and, and so – I just hope for the best for everybody because there's a lot of talent out there, and the more the better, and it makes everybody's game rise uh, up as well. And by the way, you know Jordan Rodrique, who's, who replaced me as the Raiders beat writer, phenomenal talent, one of the great young writers on this planet, and I'm just going to say that. She is so good at what she does. If you're a Rams fan uh, that happens to be driving around and listening, go follow Jordan Rodrique and her Rams coverage. It's second to none, and I really mean that. She's going places. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonson. You're brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Tuesday.